This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. Play up, play up, for fail. Play up, play up, for fail. Good evening and welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It is Saturday the 27th. We'll be talking Portsmouth at home. Um, we are bezel-less tonight because he's on a, a weekend away with his mates in Glandudno and he's probably, I say probably, he's definitely had a better day than the three of us. So I'm joined by Poundland Bez, Steve. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good, I feel I feel surprised, surprisingly upbeat. Really, we've had a we've had a family curry for me tea. Um, I've watched uh, Michael McIntyre. I hate Michael McIntyre, but I like his big show, which is caused me major issues internally. But that's one of them. But yeah, it was a we'll get into the game, but we're where we are really. But yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Well, good, and we're joined by Andy as well. How's it going, Andy? Yeah, I'm good as well. Um, I don't know. Well, I had an interesting Saturday. It's um, I had a bit of a shout and a moan and got a few bit out of my system. So, um, yeah, just um, staying with my parents tonight. Um, just had a Chinese and, um, yeah, I'll probably just end up watching the rest of the FA Cup this weekend. It's going to be a nice weekend of of football. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hope um, things can only get better, shall we say, because today wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, as 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 usual, home games are brought to you by both Skyline Hosting and Johnny's Bar. So get yourselves in Johnny's Bar and over to Skyline Hosting. I think we've got to start with obviously the 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 incident because um, it'd be admit of us not to speak about it. So people running, well, I say the person running onto the pitch to confront the referee. It's not scenes that we want to see at Vale Park. Um, the club have obviously popped their statement out and stuff and condemned it. We understand frustrations and the the fact that the referee 
was terrible today, which we'll get to in ref wash. Well, in ref watch, um, doesn't doesn't excuse the actions, does it? No, um, you know what? I've just got no place for it, really. You know, Vale are going to get fined for that, and any money that Vale get fined for that is money we could be putting towards a striker or something positive. Whatever your frustrations are, you know, there's there's kids there, there's kids there, you know, it's just, it's, it's not a good look, or whether blokes beat Toffee's head or had a few too many beers, I don't know, but you've got to take a long on look at yourself, and that's going to cause veil trouble they don't need, and, you know, whilst I'm, I'm a big fan of people clipping Benny Hill music over the top and stuff like that, of, of stuff, just, just don't do it, you know, because just whatever happens, that bloke now will get a live ban from Vale. He might be glad at the moment, but, you know, it just, it's a bad leak for the club. It was on school getting battered on Sky Sports for it. And we just don't need it. And absolutely no good will, will come of that. I'm, I'm surprised why the players didn't try and stop him, to be fair, but they all just seem to stand there like statues and whether they're told not to in that situation, I don't know, but... If you're thinking about doing something like that, please don't. Yeah, I think, like you say, it's you, you understand frustrations running high, especially after the performance. And I suppose what kind of maybe makes it worse is that there's a bit of a split in the camp here with with whether the penalty was the right decision or not. And I say we'll 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 touch on that a bit further in a little bit. But yeah, it's it's just it's just not worth it. It's really not worth it. Moving on from that, obviously, before we get before we get into the game, I've got a question for you both. Do you think that days like today rise the stock of players like Ben Garrity, like Funzo Ojo, like, or do you think that we we know we know what they are, we know what we're missing, and it's just we've got to deal with it? So, Andy, first to you. Um, it certainly hasn't done him any harm, has it? Um, we 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 knew we knew Funzo was a, was an important player, and Ben Garrity as well. I mean, if Ben Garrity doesn't score, he 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 does score for us at the minute. It's he's he scored pretty much you know ten goals in half a season. That's going on for twenty goals a season in a side that creates very little. Um, so we knew that anyway, but it, it does only serve to underline that you know without our best players we we look um we look very lightweight particularly in the central midfield and and for all the um talk about how we've had some very good young lone players so far this season it's it's just a a bit of a cautionary tale a bit of a reminder that um with kids you you may well get days like today where where they get bullied and they get dictated to a little bit. Yeah. Steve, what, what are your thoughts on it? You're on mute, Steve. There we go. You wouldn't get this from Sorry. Bears. No, no, you wouldn't get this from Bears. You missed out my best line. I use the word littered, so I won't use it again. History has shown that you can become a better player by not playing. And as Andy said, we know how good they are. When Ben Garrity doesn't play well, he still rats into every tile. He's still horrible to play against. He still puts his foot in. You know, he still makes his runs. Um, Funzo has been one of our best players all season. And I think today 
really showed that where the two teams, where the two first 11s are, then they were miles better than us and they'd be better than us even if we had Funzo and Ben at the team. But we are a much better team with them pairing. And as Andy said, you know, we've gone from having like so many midfielders that we didn't know what the likes of Tom Conlon was bomb squatted to having basically two fit central midfielders and both on loan and both young lads. And they've got a hell of a job on their hands because Alfie and Ollie, as good as they were, they had the support of Ben Garrity and the experience of Funzo Ojo, Weir and Gore have got to do it on their own for however long it might be. And, you know, it's the first game today and we'll come on to them, but it, it's definitely worrying. But Ben and Gar- ben and Funzo are two of our best players and, of course, we miss them. I was going to also say that, you know, there's a whole load of players who get better when they're out of a team just because, of, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're any good. I mean, there's a whole succession of England spin bowlers you can talk about who become better players just by not playing. Yeah. Like Monty Panasar was one, Uh, but this isn't the case. This is yeah. Good players missing. And we we look very stretched, very thin. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's unfair to say we got bullied in the middle of the park today. I'd agree. I'd agree. I can't, I can't argue with that. So next question before we get into the nitty gritty of it, it felt like to me it was an away performance by us versus top of the league whilst being at home. Is that fair or is that overly critical? I think Crosby alluded to it in his interview after they expected them to have more of the ball than us and he was happy to to concede, to concede that. I'm not sure if we set out that way. I just think they were better than us. just think they grabbed the midfield. I just think they had a threat up front that we didn't have, people who could hold the ball up. And consequently, they had more of the ball. Whether it was by accident or design, it did feel like we were just trying to catch them on the break, but we ain't got the players to catch them on the break when we've got Loft up front. Yeah, I didn't slightly harsh on Loft. I don't. I think I don't. I don't. I don't think any of the attacking players today did anything worth noting. But uh, I think very fair. Very few players in possession did anything with the ball. You know, we had to do most of the work out out of possession today. And I don't know how much of it was was by design or just just the way the game panned out. But, I mean, I don't think our plan was to play like that because um, the only reason we didn't lose by more goals is because Pompey's finishing was poor. Um, You can't play like that and expect to, to, to get anything out of it game of football really yeah I think that's fair and that's a fair one isn't it so yeah I just quickly get on to what I was about Loft I, yeah it should maybe say he was not he was not alone and carrying no threat I just picked him out as an example which is perhaps a cheap shot so sorry Ryan but yeah there's we just had no threat and our forward players didn't make an impact in the game did they any of them from start to finish yeah, I think that's the key thing. We come out, we come out firing for five or so minutes. Looks like, oh, we're we're up for this. We're, we'll we'll be in this game, and then kind of felt like, oh, we we haven't got any ideas, and then it went downhill very quickly and carried on going downhill. Um, which 
yeah, which then got to the stage of actually you got to like 65, 70 minutes thinking, actually, this is a great point against Portsmouth if we hold out. And the change of formation seemed to to, to do us good. But eventually, kind of, I suppose, the inevitable happened, but it felt a bit more of a sucker punch than it probably would have if it came 25 minutes earlier. Yeah, I've been through... I mean, I feel like I've seen this game before, and there's always a point in a in a game where you think you should be losing, but they haven't scored. Where you think we're going to get away with this, and we might get a point, and that's normally where you end up conceding. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't getting my hopes up too much. But have you heard Crosby, Johnny? No, I haven't heard him because he was saying that you know, they were having to tweak the formation, keep changing it just to try and allow us to get some sort of um I don't know what the word is yeah fold or something in the game just to yeah. just to stop them from completely dominating us and I think the most obvious one was when Shorrock came on for Wilson. Uh but yeah I think we were constantly trying to tweak things just to combat them rather than us actually settling into a system that would have set settled us down. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit whack-a-mole, wasn't it? As fast as he put one fire out, he whacked one more down, then another one had come up and he he was cha- he was always chasing the game and chasing their formation, wasn't he? And I'm not quite sure why, you know, if he'd have tried something to be more rigid our way and, and, tr- and tried to have a go at them a bit more, whether that would have worked either. I just think they got better players than on the pitch today. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think it boils down to that. I don't know if it's a, I wouldn't use the word free hit, but it's a bit of a one-off. And at some point I thought I was just crying out for us to just, just you know, match up against them. Even if you meant, you know, going to a back four, midfield four or five, just getting, you know, two fullbacks, two wingers and just match up against them when they were sort of doubling up on us and, and, and getting their fullbacks overlapping. But we don't, we don't really, whatever, formation we play there's a back three and and we we're not allowed to change that it felt like we changed it when Shorrock come on i thought we went to the back four at that point i thought yeah, we were we doing so but then i thought we moved away from that and it seemed like it was three four two one one I, 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 something like that i didn't see low didn't look like a, a right back yeah, we definitely shifted to a back four immediately when when, um, when Willow came on and, and Sharrett moved onto the left hand side. But then I think you're right. We then we then probably five or so minutes later we tweaked we tweaked it again, didn't we? And it was hard to keep up with. It was where I mean, yeah, Low wasn't playing. Low wasn't playing like a conventional fullback. Low wasn't overlapping Massey. Low wasn't coming down the line and and yeah, neither was Grant. They, they were just pretty much sitting and. And I, and I didn't see like I don't know I'd, I'd have to I'd have to look at it again I'd have to get the video <laughs> if that's doable I, I, don't, I don't know if, I don't know if you want that mute the Benny Hill soundtrack off it and just watch the rest <laughs> of the game yeah the bloke running around yeah it, we we tweaked the formations a couple of times that's definitely what happened we definitely went to a back four for a period of time how long that four was for is it is open to debate but nothing nothing was really working was it so it was um 
the one or two changes I would have liked to have seen us do earlier. I thought we let the game drag on a little bit longer before we made them, but we'll probably get into that in in the review. I think that's because he was happy with the point and he only really didn't fancy change because I think he thought that if he changed it and we lost, he'd... I don't think he ever thought... I don't think Crosby ever thought we could win the game. So a point, he would have, like, shaken hands and walked away an happy, an happy man. And I think that's why he didn't make, do some of the stuff I think you're thinking about, which you can talk about when we do the review. Yeah, that, that's fair. So um, before before we move on to the review, we'll start with um, repair pipe and glasses little section. Um I'm sure it's going to be pretty pretty quickly. Uh, I'm going to ask Andy to do this bit. So Andy, ref watch. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a game, didn't he, uh, Mr. Hicks? Yeah, he, he, um, he, he had a game. So before you actually go into it, let me tell you a little stat. That's that's Craig Hicks's third game of football he's refereed against for Port Vale. I'd say against Port Vale is probably right. That's the third penalty he's given in them three games. All three for Portsmouth, and he's also given a red card against us in in that in that point, which was in the Lincoln game, which he only gave them a red card because he was forced to by his fourth official. So yeah, he, he missed that. He, he seemed to take, go round the houses to give that. I remember, I remember that. So did he do the game last March at Fratton Park? Yeah, where he gave where he, where he gave the two penalties, the one that Bishop missed. Um, Half time, just before half time, and then the second one where the second one which he scored. Yeah, and and he he seemed to just because the, the longer the game wore on, the more and more he gave to them. Yeah. Uh, so so was was there a question at the end of that? No, it was just it was just I was giving you the that. Oh right. Actually, he's giving him a giving him a rating and diving into what you thought of the referee. Yeah, I thought right. So what I should caveat it that whatever. Whatever I say about it now is not justification to run on the pitch and try and hit him. Um, you know, these are things that nobody wants to see on a football pitch, etc., etc., etc. He was, he, he had a very puzzling game. Um, he, he's almost as though he could toss a coin as to what way he was going to give a decision at some point. Um, the one that summed it up the most was when Ryan Loft was in a bit of a wrestling match um, near the fourth official with um, with their player. Loft throws him to the ground. Referee gives nothing for what seems like 10 seconds. Everyone's looking at him. Then he stops, blows his whistle and gives us the free kick. And you almost, I, I don't know if someone was in his ear, the one of the um, assistants or the fourther. And it's like, he just, he didn't know himself what, what the right decision was. He, he, he's relying on his, um, assistance relying on people around him it just seemed very um very sort of arbitrary is that the right word it just you just never quite knew which which way he was going to go with him you know he'd let he'd let a lot go then he'd be very fussy about certain things um my friend's dad said on on the way home that he was like um Uchi was like um like a pop being pinned like a, a prop forward pinning against him or something like that. I'm not really a rugby fan. Uh, and he was letting everything. It was just, you know, the that penalty incident didn't happen in isolation. 
there was a long story of very strange refereeing decisions working all the way up to that incident that made everyone angry with him. Um, he's <sighs> he, he couldn't wait to give the uh, the penalty, could he? At the, at the end, no, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't get his whistle to his mouth quick enough. Yeah, it was, it was the quickest decision he'd made all, all night, that was. Oh, absolutely. So, um, what, go on then, out of 10, what would you give him? Um, three. Fair enough. Steve, anything anything to add to what Andy's just said about the ref? Not a lot. Um, I thought the majority of the bookings he actually got right, but there were some very random decisions. The one you've talked about with Loft was properly out of the WWE, you know, he probably body slammed him. And then for us to get the free kick was strange. If we go to the penalty, at the time where I sit in Lawn Street, I was directly in line with Chislett. And I thought, Chislett shit out there. That's not a foul. Then five seconds later, he gives the penalty. Having not given the foul against Chislett, which some people think was, some people sure was, some people didn't think, some people are sure it wasn't. It was then quite a brave thing to do to not give yourself half a second to think about it. So what was incredible, whether it is a penalty, Andy Crosby said it was a penalty, but I thought it was soft. For then the ref to give the decision within the blink of an eye, having not given the almost four, was both brave and a little bit foolhardy, to be honest. It was, he, as you said, he could not wait to give that penalty. Uh, the body language, for, I don't know if you saw Conor Grant, he put his shirt over his head, whether that was in frustration because he didn't want to do something say something stupid or whether that was because he knew that he'd been a bit slow to the ball. I don't know, but it's the type of penalty you get when you're top of the league and you're playing a team who are near the bottom of the league, isn't it, basically? The top, the top sides get those penalties when they need them in the 84th minute to win a game. It's just how, how it goes. Yeah, I mean, camera. Um, I, camera against Grant. Um, Grant's does Grant get a toe in on the ball first? Because me and Johnny seem to think so. Amos thinks it that Camera wins the ball himself. It's hard, hard to see. We need we need, I think we need better quality video, don't we? We need to be able to zoom into it a bit. Yeah. yeah if you've I'm, gone I'm, to VAR, if you went to VAR, it'd be one of those ones where they take forever to make a decision about it. And that would lead you to lean against and it wasn't a penalty. But Grant stayed on his feet. Grant's not slid in. There's a coming together of bodies, but you know, just because there's contact and there's a coming together, that doesn't always mean it's a penalty. I'm sure Bez was telling us early in the season that they're trying to move away from just giving penalties for any old contact. Uh, that camera seemed to have um, put, maybe put the wrong studs in um, earlier today when it when he came out because he seemed to have two or three different occasions where he slipped over in the penalty area. And, and and was trying to claim a penalty, and and he must have put the wrong studs in um, two or three weeks ago when he got booked for simulation, when they played Blackpool, I think it was. So um, yeah, He's got and, what you're and what yeah, and what you're saying there leads me to believe that it's not a penalty, because he went down right. At, I don't know if you remember right at the end of the first half. Yes, where Smithy wins the ball, he hits the deck, he asks for it, referee straight away, hands up. Telling him piss off, get up, get up. That's a booking. That's a dive. He's asked for it. So 
that's a strange. Chizzy's got booked for less. Two yeah. or three times this season. Chizzy yeah. has got booked for less than that, definitely, Andy. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's it. See, that for me, that's a dive. The referee's seen it, told you get up, you stop the game, you book him. The fact that Nathan Smith foul at, near the end of the first half, where he wins everything, that's, that's, that's a foul in modern football. So I haven't got a problem with that being a foul. But like you said, Steve, that means the Chislet one's a foul. Because it's the same thing, wins the ball, clatters the man. So they're either both a foul or neither. And they're the things that really tipped me off. Because I saw people, when Ooch, when Ooch did, his, did his shoulder, I saw a load of people kicking off that it wasn't a foul. But 10 seconds earlier, Smith does the same on Colby Bishop on the halfway line and gets away with it. So I wasn't too bothered about that one because I was like, okay, he's seen them both being dickheads at it. He's like, he's going, I'm not giving it either way because you're both doing it. I get that the consequence of the Ute thing is people probably see it more as a foul because of the injury, but I don't believe that that should be taken into consideration. You've seen players break legs and tackles, which have then become red cards, which if you watch it back, if he doesn't, doesn't break the leg, it's a brilliant challenge. And it's it, it's things like that. It's you can't always look at the end product to decide whether something is or isn't a foul. But after that, he just seemed to lose his head. He just I don't know if he's seen I don't know if like he's gone in at half time and seen something and it's been pointed out that Portsmouth should have had a penalty in the game or he's missed a catastrophic error. I can't remember anything that you look at and think, oh, he's, we've really got away with one there. So whether he whether he's been told or whether somebody said something to him, he, he's just completely... they're not allowed to be told, though, are they? They're not allowed to be told. But in the tunnel, Messina could say whatever he wants, couldn't he? Well, didn't he ever do that once? And he got booked for because you're not allowed to say. I've seen the replay, and it's a penalty. I don't know. I, I think I think you're not allowed to to say that because yeah. You know... You never should get booked just for being a bell end. To be fair, oh, yeah. I mean, I've had I've had comments about Ian Ever edited out of podcasts previously. <laughs> potential um, libel. <laughs> Nothing to do with gambling. But yeah, that that um that tackle but on Chislet by Shaughnessy in in old money in old football that's a good old fashioned tackle. These days, because there's a follow through and and it's brought him down. It might be a foul. I, I, who knows? Modern football. I'm sure they could find a reason to give a free kick if they if they really wanted to. Um, and the referee could have given himself a very easy life and uh, and, and brought it back for that. Uh, instead, he's um, well. He's had a bit more of an interesting afternoon, hasn't he? He's got a few more. I bet he wishes. I bet he wishes. I bet he wishes he did. Do that five seconds or ten seconds later. <laughs> yeah. Got a few more meters on his Strava, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> he showed a good yard of pace, didn't he? Actually, to be fair. Well, the thing is, it felt like it happened in slow motion. I was watching. I was pretty much level with the guy who ran on. Yeah, and I was thinking, is he going to make it all the way here? And I was looking at the players; they were looking at him. Referee had his back to him all the time until very, very late, um, and. I saw a couple of Vale players and they didn't seem particularly bothered or, or, or trying to stop him. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm sure you, I don't know. I'm not making light of this because if you've seen, if anyone hasn't seen Tom Pope's tweet, Pope's got uh, somewhat, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
a unusual Twitter history, and it's a bit hit and miss. But Popey says today he felt for the lad who was the pitch because um, it's a big pitch, saps at your legs, and he and he didn't quite make it because uh, and he, because of the because of Vale Vale Park basically, and he, and he felt for and he, and he felt for the lad on another pitch. He would have got to the ref, but anyway, see you there. Yeah, so so there we go. So we're we're going with a three for ref watch. Um, so that's brought to you by Repair Hyphen Glasses. So let's move on to the, what everyone's here for. So we're going to pop another advert in at this point. So bear with us. Hopefully this one works. I know that a couple of people said they didn't the last one. So fingers crossed. And bear with us while we get used to everything. Um, and just one thing that we'd just like to ask. We know that there's been problems with Spotify and Apple and stuff like that, kind of du- either duplicating or changing the follow link and stuff like that. So if you can just shout out to people that you know listen who may not have who may have missed the 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 preview and stuff like that, that'd be great. We will be sharing obviously all that on social media. So that'll be lovely for us. So let's see what see let's see if this works. Whether you've been super vale away or you've been in Burslem at the mother town watching the Vale play at home. Johnny, you can always have a McDonald's on the go or delivered right to your door. You can indeed. And where do you get them from, Bez? You go to McDelivery. I've said it right on this one. Go over to the McDonald's app and get yourselves one. Johnny, what are the T's and C's? It's participating restaurants only. You have to be 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And we're back. Hopefully that's weird. Or if not, you've just had a minute to si- a moment of silence. But we're back. wonder what the advert was. Uh, I, it's, I think, well, what, what, what was the one on the preview? I saw people mo- moaning about the sound of someone's voice on it so that'll be that'll be quite interesting it was for an nft sponsored by michael lewis was it <laughs> so no, i have no ideas it, it, it was it, it was for it was for cryptocurrency we, we have our own cryptocurrency yeah. <laughs> maybe we've got um selco or tool station or something like that yeah. oh yeah Invest, maybe. investments can go up or down yeah. Anyway, well, let's hope it's worked and then there isn't just like a, yeah, the, the yeah. advert came in about 10 minutes before. Yeah. <laughs> or it's come through halfway through that babble. So, <laughs> who knows? Well, I'm sure we'll find out sooner rather than later. And one day we might get it actually right. So, uh, but yeah, so we move on to Portsmouth. So I'm going to hand over to Steve now to take us through the text message, the the ratings and, and whatnot, and we'll um, have a have a nice old moan. Uh, right, dog shit, dog shit, 
everybody knows I've always loved such and such and such and such. So that, that's my best impression over with. Did you actually send me a text message earlier early on, Johnny? Thought I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did. Yeah, before the sorry, before the game, um, Johnny said we're not to see Castle Dan Jones in the squad, considering Shorrick, Bailey, and Walsh on the bench. An interesting midfield with the two new lads playing centre midfield. Back three, I'm not sure of. Um, we've signed a centre back who can't make the squad, and it'll be interesting to see how Uchi does after the Charlton interest. Where do you stand five hours later, Johnny? Um, I, I stand the same, really. I think Deborah was obviously not fit because you saw you saw the hell that Yak and Grant were going through with with, with their with their right hand side. Deborah's pace in a normal in, instance digs you out to that a little bit, doesn't it? Help helps helps you out. So. He was obviously not fit, um, so shouldn't be on the bench. If, if because if one if one of our centre halves goes down after four minutes and Deborah has to play ninety four minutes, what what happens? Are, are we dragging him off after sixty minutes to, to to say all right, okay, he's done he's done his quota? Especially when Dan Jones is apparently fit. That's what Crosby said last time, wasn't it? Dan Jones he is fit. So if Dan Jones is fit. That means he's he should be fit enough to play some part of it, and that's not me digging out the young lads there. But you've got seasoned professionals against top of the league. There's the, the seasoned professionals should have more experience under the belt to play against top of the league than asking a kid to do something. And Shorrock did well when he came on. I don't know what Crosby said to De Pepper because De Pepper was getting kitted up. Looked like he was coming on, and then all of a sudden Shorrock was on, and that was it. The three windows had been used on three separate subs, so we actually had two subs unused. Um, the the Ooch thing, I don't think we really got chance to see anything. I thought he was he was shit, but not his fault. Shit, I think he's never he's, he's never going to do that pressing sort of job, and if we're not getting the ball up to him. He's not going to be able to do anything really. Like we know that Uch is best when you're getting the ball up to him, you're playing off him, you, he's bounce whatever you're bouncing, using him as a bounce board, whatever. So I was a bit disappointed with that. And yeah, it just it just overall for me felt like I said felt like we were trying an away performance at home, and it unfortunately didn't didn't work. Yeah, okay, so fair enough. So we'll go to the stats, which are pretty damning, really. Um, they had 20 shots, of which six were on target. We had seven shots, and Andy, you're a, a man who's good with, good with figures. How many of our shots do you think were on target? Well, I'm trying to remember one, and I'm struggling, so I'm going to say that. none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had no shots on target. They had 65% of possession to our 35, which feels about right to me. We completed 300 passes to their 548, so that they nearly completed double the amount of passes that we did. We had a pass accuracy of 54% to their 75, which is not particularly good either. And But the most important thing, well, they had 10 corners to our three, 
Well, the big thing was they scored one goal and we didn't have one shot on target. So we'll take it from there. So we'll go for the lineups and we'll start with you, Johnny. The uh, sponsors, man of the match, Connor Ripley. Yeah, I don't think you can argue with that, can you? Um, he made a real good one-on-one save, and then that that effort, the re, the re- over the bar that was bouncing at him, I thought was a real good save. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for me, seven out of ten did everything he wanted. It's obvious he's been told go long with his kicking today because I think everything went long. Um, which obviously deals with, gives you a bit of inaccuracy, but overall, yeah, he, he did what you want from your keeper. Andy, yeah, um, the one um, that he tipped over, I think um, it had a hell of a lot of top spin on because it was seemed like it was just um, going through the air and um, almost deceived him. Um, but yeah, I was I was quite relieved to see that drop down behind the goal because I was worried it was going to drop down under the crossbar. A um, couple of other good saves. Uh, the only one I was a bit dodgy about was first half. He tried to punch one and he didn't get a great punch and it nearly went into the, well, I think it did go into the feet of the Pompey player, but he got away with it. Otherwise, uh, decent performance and um, yeah, he did his job today. And was he both of you about the match? Would both of you have given him out of the match? I had a different one in mind, but he's up there. Johnny? Johnny, was he your man of the match? Yeah, he was. He was my man of the match. Sorry, I was just choking. It's okay. (laughs) As long as as you're all right, we don't have to lose another another host. Um, So, so we'll start. We'll go um, left to right. So... Um, it is you, Andy, with the yak. The yak? Okay, I thought I was going to get low, but I'll happily take the yak. I thought he was the best <laughs> of our back three um, today. Um, I thought he had a, a tough job against um, a bit of a pace merchant with um, camera. Um, he wasn't given a great deal of protection from um, Grant, um, but he, he stood up well. He managed to slow him down, show him inside. Um, I thought second half, he, he the longer the game went on, he um, really um, he, he got better. Um, there was one very good defensive header he uh, won that um, from um, their left back was um, starting to get more and more, enjoy more and more of the ball second half, and he, he fired in a couple of really dangerous crosses and Yak um, got his head on the end of a couple of them. Um, yeah, for me, he was the best of the back three, and he um, was fairly well. He's he's been a lot better than he has been in the last few weeks. I think we've been critical of him um, since he's been back in the side, look, not quite looking sharp. I thought he was a lot sharper today. Johnny, yeah, I, I think it felt like it could have been a usual yak performance early on. I think he made quite a big mistake that let them in. But he, he recovered well from it. I think Steve, you you made note previously that you always you you always feel like you get one from the yak. Um. So so I I think he got away with that. The one in the second half where it just shaved Smithy's head. Yak's convinced it's offside. He gets he gets back well. So overall, yeah, decent decent performance from him. I think him and Grant need to build that relationship there there's, there's there's far too much room and i can't decide whether it's one or the other's fault or a bit of both 
because you saw Chizzy bollocking him um, right in front of the paddock in the first half. You saw Chizzy absolutely bollocking him for, for leaving like a absolute gaping hole between the two. Um, and yeah, it was just, it felt tactically at times that that wasn't going to work, but the Yak Aldi's open was, was all right. So yeah, it was six, six for the Yak. Yeah, I thought we agree with Andy. I thought the Yak was the best of back three. Um, he grew, he grew into, he grew into the game. Um, like you say, he won a couple of big headers and he defended well. He didn't get a lot of help from Conor Grant. Uh, so yeah, I thought Yak was okay. Now we'll move on. Now my lineup here is low in the centre of the back three, but he didn't play there. So Johnny, you get smudger. Um, yeah, again another another all right performance from Smith. I thought he dealt with the the, the Bishop fight well, so much so that the Bishop fucked off for a lot of the game and went and went hang on low because I don't know if he expected. He, Expected that he could get a bit more from him or or what, but yeah. Um, and apart from that, I can't. There's nothing that really stands out as oh that was brilliant, Smithy, or oh that was really poor. I suppose the the best thing Smithy did was was that tackle in the second half, and unfortunately it was um, given as a foul. So yeah, um, who knows? But yeah, six for Smithy. I thought he was all right, but nothing more. Andy? Yeah, um, he was all right. I think we were a bit disappointed we were denied the um, opportunity to see him have a proper man-marking duel with, with Bishop because Bishop was, was trying to um, play off the other defenders. Um, the only the only thing I would like to see again is is that chance where Smith seems to, to have charged up the pitch while the Yak stayed in and they nearly ended up... Um, one-on-one from the goalkeeper's kick um, because I wasn't quite sure where that fell down and it just seemed a little bit easy and some somebody's stayed, somebody's stayed in, somebody's um, pushed out and, and it, it nearly got it very wrong. Yeah, know, yeah, Maybe you had a better view of that, Steve. No, it was... It was I think you can take your choice on who decided to fall for that. It was... It could have been either of them or it could have been none of them, you know... It, each each would have said it was the other person's fault, and I don't, I don't know what who, who you could play with that without knowing what the instructions are. But Andy, you wanted low, and you get low. So Jason Low, um, I thought he had a very tough afternoon. Um, I I think he. I'm I'm trying to be positive about it. I mean, to be fair, um, Portsmouth have got a bit of pace about him. And and especially in certain areas, and they knew when to double up, and um, they certainly tried to exploit where we didn't have particularly a great deal of pace. However, I don't think Lowe had a particularly good game. I thought there was one or two moments. Uh, one in particular, I remember, there was the most um, telegraph give and go they did for uh, down down the wing, and and Lowe just felt like he was ball watching and got done very easily. I think I think he had a. <laughs> He, he he did his best, but I think he, he really struggled against um, some of the better players Pompey had on the, on the pitch today. Um, is that being too harsh? Not for um, me, Johnny. I think you're nicer than I'm going to be. I think it's the worst performance Jason Lowe's put in a veil shirt. I'd agree with that. <laughs> I think, Go on, Johnny. 
he was very, very, very slow. And I get that they're quick, but an experienced head knows that somebody's quick. So you give the, you give them that yard or you get tight as hell to them and make sure they're not getting past you. You can't you can't be that in-between bit. And that give and go that you were talking about, Andy, that's everything for me. Massey gave him no help out in, in that give and go. Fair enough. But that seems to be Crosby's tactic of leaving Massey more as a right midfielder than a wing back. So if that's going to happen, you're going to have to take the rough with the smooth there. I think what saves low most of the time is actually defensively, he then got back in play and like blocked the ball or got himself in a position to go, I've just fucked that up. I'm going to do something. But I can't remember him being on the ball at all. And I can't remember him like defending defending anything where you, you sit and go, oh, actually, that was really good. I just think it was a very, very bad, a bad performance from an overall okay defensive performance. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a fall for me. It was just <sighs> on another on another day. I think Jason Lowe could have been really punished. Yeah, I think everything you both said is true, and you were more diplomatic than Johnny. Um, uh, yeah, Lowe was. The pace for their game, and for the first time ever—well, not ever—for the first time this season when he's been playing defence, he looked a—he looked a bit, a bit of his age, maybe. You know, all the experience in the world can get you out of trouble, but when you're up against faster players, sometimes there's not, not a lot you can do. And he didn't seem to have, like you say, Massey was no help to him for reasons that Massey seems to be higher up the pitch these days, like you say, Johnny. He just looked a bit slow, but he's played really well all season. So I think it's just everyone has an off game and maybe that was his. So, yeah, it was a bit of a... So we'll stay with you, Johnny, and we'll go across to Conor Grant. Yeah. He's just... The nicest thing to say about Conor Grant is he's very safe, isn't he? Like, he, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't put himself in a position where... You think, oh well, that was amazing, or or oh, that was really bad. I don't think. I just, I just feel that as as a wing back, he's he's neither here nor there, and I don't, I don't I don't know I I don't I don't know what I think about his performance. But I think for twenty twenty five minutes at the start, it was really bad. Like the space between him and Yak was disgusting. The, the fact that, like, they were getting in quite a lot down there was was really bad, and you were like, it's only a matter of, a matter of time. And then Ooch gets injured, and we seem to make a bit of a tactical tweak, which then seemed to get Grant and Yak a bit closer, and they kind of stopped using that, that route then. So maybe that's more on Crosby than them pair, or I don't know, but... He, he then gives away the penalty, which I'm still not convinced it was a penalty. Um, but it it stems from him trying to play out that penalty. Does if you watch the video back, he he plays a pass into the middle where we kind of then into Loft, who Loft tries to flick it out wide. Chizzy gets it, and then he's kind of on the back foot. So yeah, it's just it's just. 
a few bits. So it was a five for Grant. It wasn't, I say, it wasn't disastrous, but it, it's hard to find anything really positive either. Uh, Andy, Conor Grant. Right, okay. First five minutes, I thought on the ball, he was looking good. He got fired a couple of decent crosses in. Uh, I, I was quite hopeful. And then after that, as Johnny said, the spaces between him and Jakobetti were, were were big. He, see, there was one ball in particular that just seemed to set camera away that was threaded right past him. And he just like he's waved it through. Uh, he just... Oh, that- that was the one where he was trying to claim offside, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. That, yeah, that, was, that was horrible, that was. It was just a bit like when Worrell stands aside and lets that Plymouth lad on the last game of last season yeah. speed right past him. You're thinking, what's going on? <laughs> um, anyway, um, he just seemed... and. Uh, one of my mates, he, he knows quite a few Plymouth fans, or you know, he's, he's got some Plymouth mates from uni, and they said Connor Grant's got the brain of a championship player, but the legs of a conference player. That was how he was described to him, and you can may, maybe see a little bit of that uh, in oh. how he was today. I want to know where this brain is. <laughs> okay, it's funny you should say that, Andy, because I could not make my mind up about how bad. Grant was today. I didn't, I didn't want to stick it in all WhatsApp group because if I'd done that, I would have got your opinion and, everything, and it would have like made me lean where we, one way Confirmation bias, so te- yeah. That's, that's always yeah, a problem, that's it. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I text my mate Tom and said to Tom, Conor Grant today to discuss. And Tom put, it was a terrible decision for the penalty. His biggest issue is his lack of pace. You can't be that slow as a wing back. I think he's a good footballer. But I just don't know where his best position is at the moment. And I think that's kind of fair, don't you? Yeah, I mean, he's just, we've never quite seen him. I suppose he's had a disrupted first half of the season with injuries and, and coming back from a long term injury. And you could argue that we haven't seen him really at his sharpest, at his most match fit. And I don't know, but then again, Maybe, maybe it's catching up with him. All, all the injuries is, you know, we know, we know he's had one or two injuries. We know he, he struggled to to get any sort of consistent runner games, and it's difficult to know where what what you can put down to that and what you can put down to other factors. Really, um, I, I, there's definitely something there, but he just seems a far better player on the ball than he does off it. Really, I think that's true. Um, Johnny, would you say we haven't yet seen a full and fit firing Conor Grant for the reasons Andy's just said? I I honestly don't think he's wing back. I think you you look back over his career and he's always he's always played central, always played central until like in, until Plymouth. And Plymouth played Plymouth kind of played with two two wing backs ish that were more attacking midfielders than wing backs. So he was he was played further upfield and he was allowed to go past the, the lads that were supporting him. So I, I just feel he's more attacking. And I feel like maybe the Gav Massey situation is the same with Conor Grant. That if you just said to Grant, oh stand 10 yards further forward instead, 
you, we might see more from him because it's evident that he's better without the ball uh, with the ball. Sorry, um, it, it's evident that is, but I just don't know how you solve it. I, I, I think yeah, the got... flip side of that is yeah, the flip side of that is we've we've all three of us said there's too big a gap between our yeah. wing backs and, and the and our side centre halves. So we kind of have to ask him for our cage feature as well. I think you can say that neither Massey or Grant are proper wing backs. And that's been an issue we've had all season, isn't it? Because we haven't got any proper wing backs. No, I think I think very few of our wing backs are proper wing backs. Plant got shoe on there. Shorrock did against Crew. And you, you look at Shorrock where he's played best, he, he's he's an out and out winger, really. Um but you know, we have to we have to find a a position for these lads in a three-five-two, because that's what the the process dictates. Yeah, but Mitch then again, Clark what do I know? Because um, you know, I've never played for Marine, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah, he has played for Marine, Andy. Anybody you can think of, or not? Um, not the top of me. I know Johnny might know someone. <laughs> yeah, John, Johnny, do you know he was played for Marine? Yeah, anyway, there's my dad that might have played for Marine that wasn't happy with me, and he probably still isn't happy with me. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, Andy, give me give me Jensen Weir. <laughs> Jensen Weir, um, you could probably do both of the centre mid lads as a sort of a pair today. Um, struggle massively. Um, he, he just didn't seem to. One thing that you could probably level at quite a few of the players today is that um, they didn't see a lot of the ball and they didn't get much of a chance to do anything with the ball, on the ball. Um, and a lot of the game passed, the, um, passed him by, I thought. He seemed a lot better uh, or get, got a bit more involved once um, Gore got subbed. And I don't know if maybe it's just we need to tweak around what the balance is. Of, of that midfield three, I don't particularly think it's it's a it's a great balance, and, and you know we we need somebody who can anchor the midfield and and um, allow allow Weir to to play his game. It's it's a tricky one. Um, I I don't want to. I know it's technically his debut because um, his debut was a Reading game and that got abandoned, so it's his second debut. Um, but it just wasn't it wasn't working in the midfield today and they <laughs> they were second bests I, I really don't know what I can say about him because it, it <laughs> it's just a really tough one for me to analyse really as to um, how we how we lost that midfield battle Johnny come and help me out yeah I think you're right I think we bypassed that midfield today by the game plan was fuck it off as far away from our goal as possible and out the Ooch, Willow, Waft, whichever one of it was, gets on the end and does something. And we're expecting two young lads. Jensen Weir is more experienced at this level. Um, he's, he, he's had a season and a half playing at this level. So, yeah. It's one of them, but it just felt like we didn't trust them enough to give them the ball. There was times where, had Ojo been on the pitch, 
that we would have played a pass into Ojo and said, right, we trust you. But it just felt like we didn't. And it was a case of, no, do you know what? Today, we expect Pompey to beat us, but they can't beat us if the ball's in their, third, in their bottom third. So that's what we did. Um, so I don't necessarily believe it was his fault in terms of how we played, but the flashes he had with the ball... No, nothing stood out and nothing made you stand up and think, wow, there's a player here. Whereas in the little bit of Reading, there was a couple of nice half turns that he did that were that were good. So I think there's a player there. I don't think that this game's the game that you kind of need. You need or want to put put them, them, them two lads together. I think you definitely need a Ojo in there, but then that kind of that kind of loses Chislet a little bit. Um, but yeah, for me, it was a fight for weir. It was, well, it was just a victim of not getting on the ball. And then when he did, not really using it very well. Yeah. Um, we are, I don't know what we're going to do in midfit. For midfield, I suspect we're not going to sign any other midfielders. So basically, we'll wait until Fonzo can come back and anchor the midfield. And I think both our two young lads will be better when Fonzo when Fonzo's there. But Johnny, you get the pleasure of the debut of Dan Gore, and and today I know that Dan Gore had thirty members of his family and friends come to watch his debut. So I hope they enjoyed themselves. Johnny, give us Gore. Yeah. Do you know, it was it was a young lad making his debut against against top of the league on it. You know, like it, it, it'd be hard to write him off. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter tagging, like hashtagging my MUFC, going, "Oh, where are all your fans that said that he's too good for us? He was terrible today." There's no need for that. I mean, like, yes, yes. He, he hasn't come on and set the world on fire. But who are, who are we comparing him to? Are people comparing him to Alfie and Ollie? And if you are, remember Alfie's first couple of games, he wasn't he wasn't exactly brilliant. Ollie's a Ollie's a different kettle of fish. I mean, you'll you will probably never see a player like Ollie Arblast to play for Vale again, and and you've just got to get used to that. Like he was yeah, and also Johnny. Ollie also had an entire pre-season with Vale, didn't he? Or pretty much, you know, this lad's coming on the Wednesday and expecting him to play. I think, like you say, I think it's really harsh to batter him on, you know, judge him on today's performance to a degree, but there's plenty of mitigation for him. Sorry, Karen. Yeah, no, no you're right. And and that's the thing. It's like, I just, I just sit, I've seen some of the stuff and I thought, maybe I've watched a different game because, yes, he was, he wasn't great, but I'm not sat here thinking, oh, oh, by gosh, I, 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 never, I never want to see that lad play play for Vale again. And by some of the tweets, like, I'm, I'm thinking, he shouldn't play for Vale again. But if, if you're saying he's rubbish, it's like, he just, he just, he just today felt like men against boys in the midfield. And you know what? It was like, it, it was. It, and, and sometimes that happens, and that's that's part of the issue with a player coming in part way through the season. That's part of our issue that Funzo, Garrity are out injured. That's part of how we we set up today with the whole bypassing them and not let them 
do what their game is. I don't know yet what sort of player Dangor is. He looked like he fancied a tackle. He looked like he was tidy on the ball, but I did I don't know where I don't know where he sits in your team. I don't know what midfielder he is. So I'm willing giving time. I'm will I'm willing to see what he's about before I judge him. Today's performance wasn't great. It was a five, the same as Jensen Weir. Um and yeah, I, I don't I, I, I don't think there's much that you can you can you can say about the performance. I don't think there's much that you look at and think, oh, he did that catastrophically wrong. And maybe one of you two will remember something and I'll I'll stand corrected. But from my point of view, I I don't remember anything where I've looked at it and thought he's never going to play for Man United. There was nothing that made it look like they'd, they'd go, he'll play for Man United, don't get me wrong. But there was no, there was nothing, I think, that was a red flag, shall we say. Now, um, yeah, go ahead and tell me. Right, okay. Well, I think it was it could have been someone else. I remember there was one very sort of, like a bit like Divine playing it to Sang against Charlton. There was one very loose ball that set them right on the attack at the edge of the area. It was him, you're right. Yeah, it was him, you're right. I was thinking of that occasion. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, there were, there were a lot of, in the last couple of weeks, there have been a lot of very online Man United fans saying, I can't believe Dan Gore's gone to Port Bale. He's better than that. Uh, today probably underlines why he needs to go to League One to a team like Port Vale and and... and and develop, you know, this is why he needs League One football. He needs men's football. He needs to go and toughen up. Um, to be fair, I thought he certainly tried hard. He didn't come to hide. He, you know, he tried a little bit of a tackle. He, he, he was prepared to get stuck in. He, he made one or two nice little tidy passes and he was prepared to be brave with the ball, even though there's a couple of loose ones. Um <sighs> It just didn't click for him, and and he looks like he, you know, he, he looks like he needs the experience that he's going to get at Vale. Hopefully, um, yeah, like Johnny said, he wasn't he wasn't terrible, and he certainly wasn't anything that showed you that, you know, there was nothing to say that he's going to struggle or he's terrible or or whatever. It's just, um, he was what he was, and an experienced young player. Um, coming to uh, into a situation against top of the league, and he's um, found it. He's in at the deep end, and he's found it hard. Um, I, I wasn't quite prepared for how tall he is. He's, he's a bit shorter than I thought he was. Yeah, he's there. Is that yeah? Um, I forgot. I forgot what I was going to ask you. Ask you both then. So we shall move on. Um, <laughs> move on, Andy. And um, you get Bez's favourite. He was thinking of him while he's in the Welsh beaches of London. No, Gav Massey. Um, he's another one where I thought first five ten minutes he looked like he was in the mood. Um, he, um, you know, we, we peppered a few box uh, balls in the box at the start of the game, and then that dried up. And after that, he just seemed like he uh, he didn't necessarily have, have a bad game but he seemed to just you know his strength is pretty much to try and be offensive and we didn't get 
much into him or we couldn't get much into him. And he's another player who's a little bit starved of um, of the ball. Um, it's it's a really tough one, really. I mean, there isn't really much else for us to work with in terms of who else we could have played there. He's just got to sort of hope he can, um, you know, we can set him away on the counter and we can use him as an outlet, but it just nothing quite seemed to come off for, for Gavin. I don't think it was that down to a lack of endeavour. It just, it, it was just a victim of how, how the game panned out really. So I'm not going to criticise him, but it just, it didn't, it didn't happen for him today. Johnny, Gav. Yeah, he definitely was offensive, offensive to my eyes. Like, I, I think you've been you've been overly kind to him there. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen Gav have some stinkers, you know, in the last eighteen months. But you know, he wasn't particularly. You know, I've seen I've seen him feel when when he's felt like he's maybe not approaching the game with the right attitude. I think today he was just a victim of of circumstance. Is it just me? No, no, I think we're all on. I just stopped talking, sorry. No, carry on, Andy. Carry on talking about Gav Massey. I think I've I've said my piece. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, look, look, the header he won first few minutes, I thought this is going to be a decent Gav Massey performance. Like this, 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 this is the sort of Gav Massey that you like to see that that's up for it and got a bit of fire in his belly. We got the ball out to him, like once in the second half, in a good position on the edge of the box, and he put in a shy cross. And it, it's stuff like that. It's like the inconsistencies of it that really frustrate me. He did a job for the team defensively because he he was getting back and helping low eventually. Um. I, I, I think that must have been a tweak in the second half because he wasn't in the first half. The the gap on that that side was just as much as the gap on the other side. Um, it was just a bit of a confusing performance for me from from Massey. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't disgusting like you said. It wasn't one of the the Gav Massey usual is throwing the towel in sort of performances. It was, it was just, I suppose it was just a stinking performance from the team, really, wasn't it? And not not many of them have come out with any credit. Um, so yeah, it was it was a five for Massey. It's just frustrating. Um, is and I think that's I think offensively him being one of the players that we've kind of given the license to stay up front, like. As a wing back, it feels like that that's what we've done. That he hasn't repaid that faith with the limited chances had with the ball. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think about myself. I think I'm somewhere between the two of you actually. It wasn't his best game, but when the ball's getting wanged over the top, we were so direct. It's very hard for for a wing back because. You're on your own on the touchline, up and down. And if there's no, if your midfield have got no control over the game, you you can end up starved with possession. Watch the ball fly over your head, both ends, and then as you say, big gaps appearing between you and your and your left or right side, your centre off. Gav, 
yeah, he was average today, but I think there's a bit of reason, a few reasons for that. Um, Johnny, you get um, Chizzy. Johnny? Andy, do you want Chizzy? Johnny, you're on mute. Sorry. Yeah. Talk, I, uh, Johnny, you're on mute. I've done a you. Um, I was, yeah, you've again, done me. I was choking and then I decided to leave myself on mute. But yeah, Chizzy, I, th- I think Chizzy was our way. The one that you looked at and thought something might happen from him. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't. Um, he got booted sillily in the first half for siding someone down. Um, don't know if don't know if Chizzy was at the the um the forum on Thursday that said we were too nice and we didn't do stuff like that. But um yeah, that was that was quite interesting. And then he had just a couple of off. Oh, he got in them off areas where you kind of need need, need a bit of movement and a bit of help for, for him, but it just never occurred. And then he was probably asked to do a thankless task of dropping into the third third midfield slot, and that just doesn't feel like him. That he, he's better in that attacking midfield role and taking him out of that loses the majority of what Chislet's about. Yeah, I'd agree, Andy. Yeah, that. That, that booking was um, terrible. It just wasn't needed. He wasn't heading. To, he was heading across the pitch. Really, didn't need to take him down. And like like Massey in the second half, he did almost an identical one and got booked. Um, it just seemed pointless to be walking a tightrope for the rest of the game. Um, yeah, Chislet, not great to begin with. But as the game wore on, I think he became one of the best outfield players. I thought he he was, without particularly doing a great deal of anything with any end product, he was picking the ball up and, and actually managing to, to hold it up and at least give us some sort of respite um, from um, wave after wave of Portsmouth attack. So he, he did seem to at least get the ball try and protect the ball and at least work us into situations where we could get some sort of um, relief from and, and, and at least get us to keep the ball for however long it was. Crosby said in his interview that, you know, you're trying to at least hold the ball up to stop it from coming back and back and back at you. And I thought Chislet did work towards doing that today. Even though you know, in, in the end, he didn't really have a great deal to to work with as far up the pitch as he probably would want to be as a number ten. But that's just how how it was. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought he got better the, the longer the game went on. Yeah, there's a just thinking. There's a Robbie Williams song. One of the lines is the other Robbie Williams song I know. I'm contemplating, thinking about thinking, and for Chizzy today for me. Without actually creating anything, he's the one player who looked like he might. He might be the one who could do something. He didn't, but he was the one who you would have thought maybe there's a bit of a spark. It'll come from Chizzy. Um, but I thought Chizzy grew into the game a bit, covered plenty of ground. But like all of our midfielders, we are lacking a holding, a proper holding midfielder, someone who can anchor it, basically Funzo. Or Garrett has done that role when um, 
when he, when he's had to. And I think all three of our central midfielders need need one of them needs to drop out and Funzo needs to come back in as soon as he's fit. So we'll move on and we'll. This podcast, so the king of Biddle. So be careful what you say. The king of Biddle, eh? The king of Biddle. The king James of Biddle. Yeah. Um. The king of Biddle. Where Where do we start with him? Um. Let, there was a lot of effort without any end product, and that kind of that that some I think that sums up Wilson nicely. He, there was no, there was no lack of running. There was no lack of trying. He just his first touch wasn't as as smooth and as pretty as it normally is, and he just didn't really have much to go off other than like we said, it being whacked up towards them both, and hope, hope that something hope, hope that something landed. So yeah, it was a all right performance. Nothing, nothing brilliant. Nothing disastrous from him. Would you would you have subbed him? I wouldn't have subbed him, no. I don't, I don't. Oh. I think if if this if this game was Fleetwood next week and we were playing Portsmouth next Saturday and we knew that on Tuesday we've got another game, I w- I would have subbed him. Knowing knowing he's got a full week, I would I wouldn't have subbed him. And granted, we might we might be sat here tonight going, Oh, Willow's calf's just calf's just gone because we've left him on twenty minutes in a game that we were always going to lose. It, it, it's one of them. Into it's. It, is have we been safe? Is what I'm trying to say, rather than because it's because it's a game we're expected to lose. So rather than lose the game and lose Wilson, we've just lost the game. I don't know, but when in in a match where you've lost Ooch, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit concerned that we 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 felt the need to. Okay then, had Uchi not gone off right injured, Uchi's on the pitch, Uchi and Will are on the pitch, and you're gonna you're gonna be bringing one of them off right. So one of them two comes off. Did lot did Willow come off the pitch today? Because Crosby could have been in a situation where he would have had to have substituted sub the sub Loft, and that would have probably destroyed him. If he's taken a forward off, it almost had to be Willow, because like I say. Loft had only come on in the first half, and to, and to like and to give a sub the shepherd's crook doesn't doesn't do them any favors. Do you think there's a bit of truth in that? For, for me, I think I, I I don't see why Willow couldn't have gone on the right of the three. Like I, I don't think to change. We didn't necessarily need to make a sub to change shape. Like no, Willow, no. Willow previously has played out wide of a three. So if we were sticking to that, I don't see why that couldn't have happened. He could have even played on the left of the three. Like, doesn't have to. We don't have to move, technically move Massey out the way to. But Massey's played on the left of a three, so could have gone out there. So I don't. I don't necessarily feel that it was to change shape why he was subbed. I feel it was to protect him, and we've got to be at the stage of saying what are we? What are we? What are we doing? Like if he needs protecting now, what a month after he's been back fit, after we've just had uh, three weeks without a game? Because let's be fair, yeah. the, 
the Reading game is neither, neither here nor there that 60, that 16 minutes because I think you'll probably find that there was probably about seven minutes of actual football played because of the tennis balls that went on the pitch and whatnot. So if if he can't do 90 minutes still, and we we we've said we've said this quite a lot because we've, I've labelled this at Ooch recently. If he can't do 90 minutes at that stage, it's a big worry. He looked really knocked when he came off. He looked really pissed off. Well, he did. Yeah, you know, he he's all just, yeah. yeah, he's done. Yeah, but I think he's got every right to. My question would be is how how much can you protect people? And that's that, that that's because are, are we thinking we need to protect him because Garrity and Funzo were out injured? So it feels like Yeah, Anuch has just gone up, so it feels like we've kind of got no choice. Or are we protecting him because we feel it, it, it does him the best of good? Like are we, are we protecting him because in Crosby's mind the game had gone and we were nil nil, but Willow wasn't really getting involved, so why not not risk? I don't. I just. I don't understand it. I suppose that's one that Cros only Crosby can answer is why Willow come off. But yeah, to beat a team like Portsmouth, you need your best players on the pitch playing well. And yes, he wasn't playing brilliantly. But if you said to me, there's, there's a ball dropping in the penalty area with ten seconds to go. Who do you want it fall to? I'd, I'd I'd say that I'd be tossing up between Willow and Garrity. Like, I don't know. I don't know if either of you two had thrown another name in there, but it'd be Willow or Garrity. I'd want the ball fall to. And with Ben being injured, he, Willow's got to be on the pitch. Yeah, I'd agree. I I think exactly the same as you. I don't understand why he came off. He came off today. You know, we were still in that game. It's not like we were four 0 down and getting back in the game had gone. The game was live. The game was nil nil. And for whatever reason, whether it's because he was concerned that if he got injured after Uchi had gone off and you know, but again, as you said, we haven't played for three weeks. He's been fully fit for since Christmas. He's been playing well. I just don't think he does him or more importantly the team who can willow off. Andy, are you back and what do you think? Was there for a way? I don't know. He seemed... We, that's a philosophical question. What do you think of Willow? Yeah. We'll um, okay. Sticking with the game, first of all, I thought he was... Um, I thought he had a bit of a thankless task today. He was just sort of doing all the selfless running, chasing shadows. He's just chasing things that he was never going to get. Uh, there was... Probably, I'm trying to think of occasions when he really enjoyed anything sort of to his feet around the ball. And there's one sort of nice little run where he glided down the sort of the left wing during the second half, and I can't remember what how that petered out in the end. But it wasn't his uh, it wasn't his afternoon, but it wasn't for the one to try. And I thought he uh, put in a shift, and he just had absolutely nothing to work with. Um, it's it's a good question about, you know, it always feels like when he gets subbed Willow that he's got a little bit more in the tank left to give. You know, he's not on his feet. He's not blowing. Um, he's not, you know, he's not out on his feet. He, he just seems like um, he's always feels like he's been withdrawn a little bit too early for his own protection. And, and I don't know how much that's us wrapping him in cotton wool, like uh, Johnny said. So I don't know. The worry is now that, 
losing Uchi, we've got very little um, other centre forwards. <sighs> and and that, that's probably going to be something we come to um, a little bit later or, or on a Thursday night. I mean, where, probably, where probably, are the... Probably next where, Wednesday when we're sat there at 5 for 11 going... Okay, we still haven't signed anyone. Okay. Oh, God, we're not going to have to do another window special, are we? I, I think us three have got a 100% record on transfer window specials. We, we've, yeah. done, we've, we've done some crackers. Like, don't, don't talk it down, Andy. You well, can have that. No, uh, you, you haven't heard the unreleased one that we, we <laughs> <Yeah>. did last <laughs> August, where we just sat there looking at a watch, looking at refreshing and... I think we, 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 we knocked it on the head and went to bed and then Ryan Loft signed for us and <sighs> Yeah, and no one could be arsed back on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is yeah. just funny. all this is out there. We we will obviously we, we love a transfer deadline special special pod of which we talk about absolutely nothing for hours on end while we wait for someone to sign a reserve left back from um, from Shrewsbury. So, you know, put it in your diary, Thursday, Thursday, the transfer deadline special. Go on, in Andy, finish off. In terms on of um, players that you want the ball to drop to in the penalty area, this season, Garrity's got 10 goals, Chisler eight, Wilson four. The only other players who are still with us who've got more than one goal are Ojo and Massey. So there aren't a great deal of goals through the side. Um, that's going to be something we need to address because you don't win games if you don't stick the ball in the back of the net. And it's hard to see a pathway for us to win games at the moment when we don't have any goal threat and we, or we have very little goal threat. And you know when when we take Wilson off, what's what's there for us? And and with Uchi injured, we, we we're even more stretched. Okay, speaking of which, Andy, and speaking of goal threat or lack of, if that's applicable, you you yeah. can do Uchi and you can do Loft at the same time because Loft played for more, a lot more than Uchi. Yeah, I mean you can probably lump them in the same basket as neither of them are up to the standard required to play centre forward for a League One football team. Um, I, I, I don't mean to be mean, but neither of them are, are very good. I don't particularly rate them. Uh, Uchi you know, brings something just by being a, a pest. You know, he's he's He's, he's a bit of a nuisance. Uh, he brings chaos um, to a team where Andy Crosby's trying to play with control. So w- once we stopped playing the sort of the Crosby way and we've sort of started being a bit more open, that's where we've started to score goals generally. Uh, today, <sighs> he w- it was pretty much a, a typical Uchi performance that we've seen, you know, a few games this season, really. Um, hit and miss, hot and cold. Um, one very good run um, where you weren't quite sure where he was going to stop. Um, and he gets, uh, he, he won a free kick right on the edge of the, well, not quite the edge of the area, about 30 yards out that we completely wasted. Um, yeah, he's, he brings a bit of chaos, a bit of disorder into a, 
into the proceedings. But other than that, I, I, I mean, I mean, we've we've covered all this ground before. He came, he came off. Um, Loft came on. Loft, you know, he's he's he puts a bit more in than that he has done on occasions. He's he's working hard, but it just seems like he's not much fit at times. There was a couple of occasions where he just couldn't read the ball into him. There was one ball that was sort of looping in the air and he, he just got completely in, in the wrong position to sort of take it down. I, I can't re- you're looking at him, you think he's not sharp. He's not quite at it. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of fed up of repeating myself sometimes when I'm talking about them pair. It's, I, I, I'm not quite believing how we've managed to get it that wrong this season. Yeah, yeah, it does. I agree. It, it does feel like Groundhog Day, saying the same things over and over. Go on, Johnny, give us your take on Uchi and Lawson. If you can say something we haven't said a thousand times before, that will be very beneficial to this pod. Um, so I'm going to add nothing beneficial. Um, it was tripe today. Um, he he just didn't he just didn't do anything. He he he's the sort of player that you don't want getting involved in in the wrestling side of it and the stupid side of it. Yet he got dragged into it, and, and it shows he's actually weak as piss because their centre half was dragging him round all over the place, and then ends up pulling his shoulder out of place. It's it, it's just one of them. It's it was bad by Uch throughout. The one good thing he did was that run that led to the free kick. But, yeah. again, he, he stumbled over his feet about six times rather than getting the pass away on that. If if, if he got his feet right and got the pass away, we're through. We're, we're almost one-on-one at that point. So, it's, it, I, th- I think you're right, Andy. I think like, we're just going to rehash all ground over it. So, there's not much point. We'll, I'll just concentrate on today. Loft injected more energy than Ooch does because he'll actually go out and chase chase a man down and stuff like that, but doesn't doesn't add any less chaos because you don't know you don't know which Ryan Loft you're gonna get. You don't know whether he's gonna attempt to fly kick someone on the face or he's he's gonna bring it down. You want a couple of good flick-ons, but then to no one because no one's anywhere near him and is that his fault? Quite possibly because he he's doing what Proctor used to do and fucking off onto the wing, um, which I, I, I bam, bamboozles me massively. Um, there was a few times when we were working it out out wide and he's he's there on the edge of the area, not in the box, and I'm just a bit like you, you you're six foot four. Even if heading's not your strong point, at least go and get in the box. You're a striker. Like I just I just don't understand it. I think both. Both did kind of do what you expect when they put on a veil shirt, but neither are good enough, are they? We know this. Um, it was a five for Loft, and it would have been a five for Ooch, but let's say not on, the, not not really on the pitch long enough. Um, we, we've just got to find a way of finding somebody in who is is going to offer a little bit different, and that's. That's kind of the, the 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 hard bit that I'm at at the minute is 
we need someone that A is going to be able to play with Willow because that's that's a given. And B, someone that's you're not looking at and going, well, it's actually it, it's more fun to watch because we don't know what he's gonna do. We we need a bit more of a bit bit more consistency from a striker. You don't you don't want to be thinking if, if we ping it up 30 yards through his chest. Is he going to bring this down? Is he going to bounce off 35 yards back where it's come from? Is 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 he going to have a first touch? Is he going to bring it down, take on six players and actually look like a machine sort of thing? We, we need a bit of, oh yes, we can pass the ball to him and he's going to keep the ball. So yeah, I'm just really interested in what this what this looks like because we, we need we need somebody and quick. Yeah, um, I don't going to say a lot because you pair have said everything and I've said it a million times before. Uh, they've intimated that we haven't got a lot of money. There's going to be a lone player coming in, a lone striker, and they have they have to get it right basically because without 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 Ben, we are absolutely we we lack a goal threat. You know, Jersey and Willow or or only two might get a goal. And our centre forwards just have not looked like scoring. So we'll quickly. That was the first team. The subs for me, Sharrett came on and did really well. I thought that was one of his, his better games for Vale actually. But the others were a bit nondescript. Johnny, anything on the subs? No, I think I think the only thing about 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 Young Jack is the fact that we weren't really asking him to defend. Like, <laughs> so I think maybe that's why he looked a bit better because. It, it, I think I think I think they did say he, he was he was a winger. He, he played on the right of the front three originally. I think um, yeah, he did. So I think maybe you saw that sort of attacking now from him more. And he looks like he's bulked up. He looks like he's getting used to training with with men and and whatnot, which is good um, because that only do us the world of good. Um, what other subs did we make? We, we touched on Loft because obviously he he played a. Decent part of it. Uh, Tom Sang. I think Sang is what I wanted to mention. I thought, yeah. you know, he, he had a decent enough game against Charlton in, in the centre midfield. And I think he's a bit unlucky to have missed out. And certainly, you know, when, when we were getting absolutely um, played off the park today, there was an argument for bringing him on a lot sooner. Yeah, I, I think I think the minute Ooch went off, we double up. Yeah, we, we kind of Chizzy went in that little no man's land, and whilst on a booking, and I get that you can't, people won't be happy. Like fans wouldn't be happy seeing Chizzy come off. I get that, but that that for me was the sub at that point. Chizzy was non-existent. He'd been booked. We weren't creating a lot. We were we were expecting them. Whereas Sang. You can put him in there. He can play a number of positions. He could end up going right back if you wanted, push things on a little bit or or change things. And yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a weird one to start the two young kids in there and not Sang. And I get Sang's not exactly like ten years they're they're senior, but he's had about twelve months of professional football under his belt. Not in Gore's case, none, and in Weir's case. 80, 18 months where he's been a bit in and out. But yeah, Sang's an interesting one. 
whether we see him as a wing back or whether we see him as a centre mid, I don't know. But if we've seen him as a wing back, he should have started at wing back today. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think I, he's been. I, I agree. Um, it's just when when you make a sub in in the first half of the game, either there's an injury or something's going badly wrong, and you could tell something was was going badly wrong um, because um, Ripley did his usual thing where he's got a bit of an injury and gets the physio on and everyone else has a timeout. And we needed that to just reset. And we probably could and, and should have made a sub, if not first half, then half time. Yeah, I, I, I felt that way. I felt like we were... Like we we were so we were so far away from it, and we were being bullied in the middle a little bit, and that's why we were bypassing it. That we sh- we should have been bringing we should have, we should have made a change either tactically then or personnel wise then to kind of try and help us in the long run. But it nearly worked. Well, it, it nearly worked because they didn't finish any of the chances. There, yeah. there were two or three where they should have absolutely buried, where, where, they, where they just missed the finish. There was, there was a couple of really guilt-edged chances first half. Second half when yeah, they off. broke on us and they, they, he could have passed. Um, he had two options left or right. Went himself. Ripley sort of straight down his throat. He beat, beat it out. Um, if the first goal goes in, the floodgates could have opened. I'm not saying it would have been another Barnsley Seven nil, but we probably played better against Barnsley and lost seven nil. Yeah, I. I, I, I so we can't sugarcoat really what's been a, a poor performance. Just just no, because gonna, Portsmouth yeah, didn't really bring the, the shooting boots. No, that's what I was going to say. I was going to jump in there. We could have got we could have got battered today four nil, and you couldn't have said, "Oh, do you know what? That that was a bit of an anomaly. That was a bit of a freak result." They, in the first half, they missed two or three really, really good chances, didn't they? And in the second half, with a bit better, with a bit better, better decision making, they could have scored. We got, you know, take away the contra- the controversy of the penalty and all that stuff. Rail were lucky not to get. Rail were lucky today that we didn't get battered. And I'm glad you both have said that because that's my big take. The big thing I've taken away from the game, really, we were really poor and we were lucky not to get shooing. The other thing is, right, now we're fifth from bottom. We're one place off relegation, three points off relegation. I know we've got games in hand, but we don't particularly like um, winning them when when we create little and we don't score goals. Um, it, is it time to panic? For me, no. Go on, Johnny. For me, no. I, 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 I just, I think... The time to panic, and this is going to sound really, really fucking stupid now, so please bear with me. The time to panic is this time next Saturday if we've not got a, if we've not taken something from Fleetwood, because I, I don't think panicking after losing one or two to Portsmouth is, is something to panic about as such. Um, I, I get that the performance wasn't fantastic, but we could have been walking out there after nicking a point, going. In, in the long run, that's a real good point for our season. Um, so I don't think the time to panic is today. But if we cock it up next week, and this is this is where it's becoming hard now because next week becomes a must-win game. It's a relegation six-pointer. We've got three of them in February. 
So they're, they're becoming massive games. So and by next it's... week, the window's yeah. already shut. Yeah. So, you know, do we need to make sure we've got a little bit of something in the bank, maybe even a bit more than what we need, you know, or are we going to try and sort of scrape um, avoiding relegation with less than 50 points like we did last year? It's, 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 it's a bit risky. I think, I think, I... I think if we are doing that, they, they need shagging because you can't do that twice. We, we nearly fucked it last year. And if that's the case, they all need fucking off. Like, because, it's catastrophic error because it's going to bite you in the backside this year. But I've just got to hope that that's not what they're doing. Yeah, it just uh, seems that I'm getting the feeling from, I didn't go to the forum, but from how they were talking and, and the way that David Flitcroft supposedly reacted to somebody mentioning the word relegation, is that, are, are we being a bit complacent? I, I I went. I liked how he reacted to that. Someone asked him about relegation, and it was basically he turned around and said, "That's not in our vocabulary." I I don't mind. I I don't mind that attitude. That we're we're not. I, I don't I don't for a second think he sat there thinking we're too good to go down, or or he sat there thinking we're not we're not planning to stay up. I I just think when it's written down, it it it, it looks and feels a bit different than actually being there and listening to the fact that he just, he's a winner and winners don't contemplate losing and that that's just how it felt to me and I, I can't imagine that they're sat there behind the scenes and if they are then fair then they, they, they again they, everyone needs to sack there but I can't imagine they sat there not thinking and having one look over the shoulder because he also said that after the run of results in October November that they sat down and had a conversation with Crosby. So they're not they're not scared of having that conversation. So yeah, I'd, I I just yeah I, I just don't think he's been in football long enough to know that nothing nothing's a given, and that's the big thing. Like we could end up being twelfth with these games in hand. Or we could end up being rooted into the relegation zone. It's it, it, nothing, nothing's decided there. And Feb's a fucking huge month. We're going to Feb playing every Tuesday, barring one, I think. And we, we've got Fleetwood twice and that. We've got Reading and that. We've got a Leighton Orient side that's that, that's just picked up again. So like we're we're looking at teams and going. We've got quite we've got quite a few teams. We've got Cheltenham in that, and we know Cheltenham are in a, in a decent run. But we're going to have to go and beat Cheltenham, beat Reading, beat Fleetwood, and then we're safe. In my opinion, we beat them three teams, we're safe, and that's that that's simple as because that gives us another twelve points. Yes, it's forty two points. Yes, it's not mathematically safe, but we we've done we've done our bit then against them teams around us. We'll we'll pick up some other points across the course of the season that'll, that'll that'll tick us over nicely, but with each one that goes starting this Saturday, we are we are in a precarious position. So something has got to give if we don't win Saturday, and that's the big thing. If we don't win Saturday, there's obviously 
caveats to it and stuff like it could have been a brilliant performance and one could go in off Ripley's arse and you sit there thinking fucking hell I've lost that one but points points are the the only thing that's important in this next month I couldn't care less if we play fucking horrendous football but we come out with 15 points out of the month I'd be ecstatic it's it's the only thing I'm bothered about in this month yeah um, I think that if we don't make some two decent signings before Wednesday and we lose on Saturday, putting those two together, we could be on a slippery slope and quite fast. You know, we've just talked about our lack of a forward option. And no matter how well we play against Fleetwood, if we lose and we haven't signed anybody, I think confidence will be shot. I think the fan base will turn quite quick. And I think they might have underestimated that, to be honest. Obviously, I don't know, but the whole, you know, we you know, we haven't got hundreds of thousands of pounds. There's no value in the market from what Flickr says. And I happen to believe that to be true, to be honest, from what you what you see gain, money, money being spent. But if something isn't money being spent elsewhere, but if something isn't done on before Wednesday... In a couple of these games, these big six points as you talk about go the wrong way. It could be a long, it could be a long slog, and we could be in trouble for, for me. Yeah, I, th- I think my my big thing is that the listening to listening to Flipcroft talk that it seems like one's one one will be from Chelsea. So, gotta hope that that's near near as near as done. And then the other one, how he was talking was. A championship player that 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 championship club are just waiting to get their signing through the door to release that one. So hopefully, that's a championship player, not a Josh Thomas championship player, and that's not knocking Josh, but it's a lad that plays for a championship club but isn't a championship player. If if you know what I mean. Yeah, we don't need another Josh Josh Thomas style signing. You know, soon we we need somebody proven for the next three months because yeah. we we you know we've gambled we've gambled on on Dan Gore um, and Jens and we let a bit little bit less so you know and they they were probably good gambles to you know good gambles with good odds to take but we can't do it again with the forwards you know Ooch could be out lost shot of confidence that leaves us with Willow and I I just think that if we don't get it right before Wednesday we could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, and I feel I feel horrible saying this, but you've just gone through that list, and and or not, you've got to say Willow's going to miss some football at some point. It's we don't want it to happen, but we've got to pre- we we've kind of got to prepare for that. And we haven't we haven't got Ben Garrity fall back on this time because every other time we've gone well, we can fall back on Ben going up there. He's not back till end of the season almost. We could be down by then. Yeah. So it, it's 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 a it's a real struggle at the minute, and we maybe re- need to reassess what what we're doing. We maybe need to look at them them odd couple of players that end up getting released at like five minutes to the window shutting because they haven't we have they haven't got it over the line and stuff like that. But we've really got to look at. I'd even go as far as going. There must be a thirty eight year old out there somewhere that can come in and do a job for six months. Like, one that maybe, as long as he's not a player coach, 
and doesn't have to stay in a, stay with a four-match touchline ban, wouldn't go as far to actually help the squad. Because, and this might not sit well with people, but I'd, I'd be knocking on Troy Deeney's door right now and saying, can you give us six months? Yeah, I don't. I, I'd, I'd be looking for someone in that mould. I'm not necessarily sure it's Troy Deeney, but yeah, we we need to start taking it seriously. It, it feels as though we could be here in another twelve months, and we've just sat through a day Flitcroft fans forum, and and he's coming up with exactly the same excuses for why he hasn't signed a striker and how the market is overvalued and and etc. And and we're still. And we're still struggling to stick the ball in the back of the net. In, 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 the, in Flitcroft's defence, what he did say is that the, the, the long-term solution will be will be sorted in the summer for the striker, like we did with the goalkeepers this one. So, in, in Flitcroft's defence, he's got that for me. He's got the fact that he said it will be sorted in the summer. Now, if, if, we're, sat, if we're sat there coming to the end of the window in the summer with no striker, his head's on the chopping block. He's, he's, got, a fu- he's got a fucking wall. But until then, we had a discussion the other week. The more signings than not have been a success. We've been left with a couple of glaring issues the last two seasons. Um, and they, that is where we've got to now iron it out and kind of sort it out. We've been unlucky this season with some injuries, like Mitch's injury, for example, unlucky Planty's. Probably not unlucky, seeing as he's got a bit of a history with shoulder shoulder issues. But again, for him, it to go twice in a season, which results in him needing surgery, is is pretty unlucky. Ojo's now the last two seasons, his hamstring's gone. So Dan Jones' history of having game game games that where he's out for a month, two months. So we we've got we've got to look at everything and sort it out properly. Um, and that's my big thing. He, he said that it will be sorted in the summer, but in the short term, we've got to do something, and we've got to do something well. Now, it's all very well saying it'll sort it in the summer, but if we end up in League Two, it's going to be you know, it's going to be very difficult to sort. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think they need. I, I don't, you know, I'm t- t- siding more with Andy on the old thing about. Or we could have, I don't understand the whole thing. We, could, we sorted out the goalkeeping problem in last summer. Why can't you not sort out two problems in one summer? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but we'll come to that later. But let's just hope by the time we do the transfer window, we're not scratching around looking up somebody from um, the Australian fourth division who's coming over to save our season because that's where, where we're going market-wise. But yeah, it's been good. So, Johnny, anything else? No, I think that's everything. I think I think we're all good. Um, I say that's that's our, that's our usual Friday Friday night ram uh, Friday night Saturday night ramble, all sorted. Um, so, hopefully, Bez, yeah, Bez is listening to this on on his way back from from his his nice little weekend away in Landud now. I hope he listens to the end. Why? Because the adverse, you know, there's going to be another advert on the end. Yeah, he's got, he's got, yeah. And hopefully, Johnny, I'm sure you'll tell us otherwise because you decide these types of things, that some of us will be back on Wednesday. Bezza's not a massive fan of the late night pod, whereas me and Andy are. He likes to be in bed for a transfer window special. 
Yeah, we'll definitely back. Ben said he will join us for the first hour or so of, of the window special. Um, we'll, we'll obviously judge by what happens between now and then. If we've made two signings and, and we've been told that that's it, there's no more, then there won't be one. But if we haven't made any signings and, and people fancy Googling what what is an Australian fourth division side, um, then yeah. I think I think that'll be that that'll be decent. And also, hopefully, I know we've had a bit of criticism about a lack of film review because we don't watch them. Hopefully, Bezel will bid to see one at the London No. I don't know if London has got a multiplex cinema, but for all those film review lovers, hopefully, Bezel will bid to see something he can tell you all about. Yeah, hopefully, because it'll be better than my um, my film reviews. Because like I say I, I can't remember the last one I actually watched. Yeah. And Andy was going to was going to review a uh, French art house film, weren't you, Andy, to uh, bring the level of this part up? So is that still a is that still a possibility? I was planning on watching it on Friday night, but then I forgot that uh, Spurs Man City was on, so um, I, um, <laughs> I did, <laughs> ended up watching that instead. But no, I've got some um, I've got some Goddard box sets to um, to go through, so I might watch one of them. Try and pretend I understand all the themes and the and the subtext and the imagery. Is Goddard a player for a West for Western Australian fourth division side? He could be. Do you remember Paul Goddard? Ipswich. Yeah. Yeah. He scored yeah. at- <laughs> Don't think he's it. I think he scored a hat trick against Vale for West Ham in the FA Cup a years ago. Um, no, um, not that Goddard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll try and watch something highbrow and. Um, We'll we'll start seeing the listening figures drop off. Or we, or we could be tapping into a whole new market. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But obviously, until then, if 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 there's anything that you feel that you'd like us to discuss on the transfer window special, then please give us a shout. Um, yeah, because we'll probably be padding, won't we? We'll probably be filling time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if I've got a list of things to talk about, at least if if no no signings are being made anywhere. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, automate delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.